Hello, my friend, and welcome to TFU News and Views. I am your host, Anthony Brucali, owner, operator, madman behind TFU.info, the Toy Archive, the website, the YouTube channel, Transformers University podcast, this podcast, TFU News and Views, and oh, so much more. And I want to welcome you to 2021. I like to do this show at the beginning of, of each year just to remind us to stay positive, to talk about why this year, just like all the previous years, is a good year to be a Transformers fan. And I know I said it at the start of 2020, 2020 was a good year to be a Transformers fan. And despite 2020 being a trying year for the entire planet, um, and for many of us, uh, myself included in this, uh, I certainly had my ups and downs in 2020. Um, it was still a good year to be a Transformers fan. In fact, it might have been a better year to be a Transformers fan because it gave us that distraction, gave us that chance to kind of just check out and, and do something else and enjoy your hobby. And that's what we have to remember in all of this. I know... Uh, people ride this kind of roller coaster of emotions around this hobby. Uh, things are good, things are bad. I don't like this, I don't like that. That's great, but that's the beauty of this hobby. You get to pick and choose what you want out of it. And if you want, you can just choose the things you like and let the other stuff be. And with that, we have to think about how much of an abundance of stuff there is to this hobby and um, that goes beyond just the toys. I mean, there is a sorted media that go with this fandom and I just wanted to take a look at what 2020 had and what we are, we're seeing into uh, 2021, just all the great things there were in the Transformers community. So quick review, right? Of course we had Generations. We had Earthrise, the Generations figure line, um, which honestly, as I've been slowly opening uh, some of those toys and just playing with some of the earlier ones, even um, with my daughter and, and just on my own. Um, how good are some of those toys? Um, it's, it's, it really does astonish me that uh, I, for a line uh, with Earthrise and even prior to that to Siege, where I was kind of down on the character selection, uh, they still came up with really neat interpretations and new versions of these characters and figures that uh, we've come to grow in love over the years. So, of course, we have Generations. We have Generation Selects, which, for all intents and purposes, if you're a longtime fan, this has replaced BotCon and the Collector's Club as a way to get obscure characters into the line and as a way to put those in a mass market situation and a way to reuse uh, toolings that would have some sort of obvious to us obvious to you know someone like me or someone like you maybe who is deep into the Transformers lore, but maybe not so obvious to someone who is new to the hobby or uh, is not so deep into the lore. So, you know, one of the stories that broke about a week ago or so uh, was that we're getting a version of Deep Cover out of the Siege Sideswipe mold. And I love that idea. Yes, it's like the ninth iteration of that tooling, but... Deep Cover is this e-hobby character that was out in the early 2000s. I actually owned it 
uh, it's it's made from the original Sideswipe mold, and it's in blue. Uh, it's really dark, like navy blue. And um, I love that that selects can do things like that. And I always don't know, screw it up. Is it select or selects? And I have a whole bunch I'm looking at across the room here, and I can't see what it says. But that's okay. If you want to put the S on it, it's all right. I'll pretend you're Squirrely Dan. It's cool. Of course, Studio Series is continuing and continuing strong with the 86 movie line uh, portion of the series. Uh, I haven't had a chance to open the two figures I did find, but I am excited to do that. Of course, we have Masterpiece continuing on in 2021 and as part of 2020. Um, not really sure where that line is headed, but... I do appreciate that it exists. I think I think it might be on its last legs, which is is not necessarily a bold prediction, but who the heck knew back in 2002, 2003, that this line would run for 20 years? We have Cyberverse in 2020. Cyberverse Season 3, which was one of the best seasons of Transformers cartoons I've ever watched. It was just so good. And the toy line itself, too. I mean, I've picked up a few of the figures. Uh, we've met some new characters in that series, so I've gone out of my way to make sure I've gotten those figures, plus the deluxe line with the Build-A-Figure. Um, there, there's just so much good in Cyberverse. It's so much fun and so kind of... It's not so lighthearted that you think it's childish, and it's not so over-the-top with um, gravitas that maybe the Netflix series has that you can enjoy it and, and take a moment to really just have fun with the situation. And, and it's exploring some things that we've never really seen in Transformers before in, in the cartoon side of things like, you know, the end of an Autobot Decepticon war. And what does that mean? So hats off to the Cyberverse crew um, for, for what was probably one of the highlights of 2020. I'm just looking down my list here. I mean, there's so much, right? Uh, we had Transformers Collaborative continuing in 2020 with the Top Gun figure and another Ghostbusters figure and and into 2021 with the X-Men figure. We've had the IDW books, which I've been up and down on and mostly down on. Um, I'm, I'm not... I don't want to say I'm not a fan of Brian Ruckley's writing. Uh, I, I think it's not the right writing for this format. And I think a lot of people recognized that early on and didn't bother to stick around. I've stuck around. And it's paid off in some issues. Uh, most recently in issues 24 and 25, I really enjoyed. Uh, but sometimes, man, that, that ride to get to those issues is just uh, kind of a bummer and kind of not worth it sometimes. So uh, I would be really annoyed if I was paying for these issues. I unfortunately, you know, because of the website and because of this podcast, I do get to review them for free. And uh, I, I don't know if, if I was spending four bucks a month or um, four bucks a month spread across, you know, multiple series now, which would be, you know, eight or 12 bucks a month. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'd want to stick with it either. But that said, we still have it. So if comics are your thing, it's, it's just another great way to enjoy the franchise, of course, we have Netflix and their Siege and Earthrise shows, which uh, I have also been up and down on, depending on which portion of the episodes uh, we're talking about. But it doesn't matter. Uh, even if you didn't like them, for me, these are great things. Uh, they 
seem to be doing pretty well in terms of viewership in the United States. And that brings more people to the hobby. It's just like the first Bay film or any of the subsequent Michael Bay films or even the Bumblebee movie. Um, you know, you need that gateway into the franchise. You need this to be someone's G1. And for some, you know, older kids and teenagers, this is going to be their G1 and they're going to eat this up. And that's big. That's big because that means this franchise will continue on uh, for another, you know, 35 years, hopefully. And of course, for the for the kiddos and the youngers, we've got Rescue Bots, uh, Rescue Bots Academy, which I still haven't seen, uh, but I will. I am going to get around to it. I finally watched a little bit of regular Rescue Bots in 2020, and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it would be a little, you know, too low on the scale of uh, target audience for me to really be engaged with it. Uh, and trust me, I watch. I have a two-year-old. I watch a lot of things aimed at really young kids and I would have to say this is still a little over my daughter's head uh, if I were to watch it with her. But as far as just good cartoons go, you know, the original Rescue Bots is certainly there. You can catch the first season, I think, on uh, Netflix right now. And it's definitely on Tubi. But in a way, you know, that series and I will dig into Rescue Bots Academy at some point. That series just as a whole seems like a great throwback to the, you know, to the Saturday morning cartoons of the 80s. The shows that didn't really have uh, toy support or were, weren't designed to be toy commercials. I mean, anything from like Scooby-Doo, you know, classic like Scooby-Doo or the Smurfs to, you know, something even like, I don't know, Foofer. Uh, you got shows that that were just designed to be kids programming, and that's really what Rescue Bots feels like. So, don't be down on it. It's 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 certainly a, a good good thing to have. Another good thing to have is BotBots. I personally love BotBots. I think they are just the right level of silly and fun. Uh, for the Transformers franchise, they explore things that we've never really explored in Transformers. And uh, just even from a design perspective, from a toy perspective, having things that turn into hot dogs and, you know, soda cups and blenders. Uh, these are weird, weird, fun things. And I love that we're continuing on with them uh, in 2020 and from what I've heard just recently in 2021. But we'll get to that course walmart has their reissues and walmart and target and amazon have a slew of exclusive product in 2020 uh so much so that it was almost uh aggravating at times how much exclusive product was out there and how hard it was to get but you gotta love that it exists right because it's just another uh way for this brand to explore itself like uh the red line at at, at uh walmart you know i'm not really keen on the idea of mass market non-transforming transformers but as they get into deeper character selection when they get beyond the obvious i, I want to call it the obvious eight is that is that maybe a term we can start using right it's optimus and megatron it's starscream and bumblebee it's grimlock and shockwave and it is soundwave and name one autobot car uh that's like the wild card slot it's a uh, prowl usually i think uh, Prowl or Ironhide or, you know, I probably not Ironhide because he's red. And if you have Optimus in a wave, you probably don't have Ironhide. But it's it's generally Prowl. Uh, <laughs> that's like the obvious eight to launch any sort of 
Transformers line. And so, you know, Red Wave 1 was Optimus Soundwave and Megatron. So let's get past that into Wave 2, which or Wave 1 and a half, I guess, where you have Prime RC, brilliant choice, and Beast Wars Cheetor, another great choice. And now what do you get in Wave 3? You're going to have Starscream and Bumblebee, another two from the obvious eight. But what happens after that? Do we get... Do we get a Devcom? Do we get a Botanica? Oh, man, I would be all over a Botanica figure in the Red Series. Uh, you know, a figure that's never gotten a character, it's never gotten a figure, and one that doesn't transform or really need to transform. And then you get really weirdly deep into uh, some side characters or even characters that just their, their models don't really fit into a line. I mean, would you jump on a rung figure at that scale? I would. Um or a character like Pharma or something else deep from, say, you know, more than meets the eye Lost Light series or a Mistress of Flame. I mean, you certainly dig into IDW. You can dig into G1 lore uh, with someone like Devcon or Alpha Trion or A3 or, you know, a number of characters there. Um, Beast Wars, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head, Beast Wars kind of had a lot of characters that were already represented, but Beast Machines, the models and the toys didn't always line up perfectly there's a good chance to do, dare I say, a Night Scream because he was way out of scale uh, with the two toys he got in the main line. He got a giant Ultra Class figure that was way too big and he got a Happy Meal toy, which was way too small. So if, if there are ways to do some of these characters and then if you start getting a troop building, forget it. Um, but there are ways to do these characters in this scale that would be a lot of fun. And just go back and look at the lines from 2000 in 2003 the SCF super uh, collection figure line from Japan uh, they were 10 acts uh, the first eight were G1 the last two were Armada um, and they were my, small PVC figures but they found ways to get some you know characters that have actually have kind of become the regular repaints for some like Paradron Medic uh, out of an RC uh, they did all the seekers they did a generic seeker and a Botcon exclusive set uh, when that line became Heroes of Cybertron. You know, there there are certain ways to do this where you could pull it off and get all sorts of really cool stuff out of that red line uh, that might sell as part of an assortment that has other things in it. Uh, it's going to be neat to see how they approach that going forward and maybe doing, you know, Build-A-Figures and things. You know, I think if you make a Devastator Build-A-Figure in a wave, that wave sells. Just, it, it's going to happen. Uh... The, it, it certainly seems like uh, a fun line if it gets expanded also outside of Walmart. And of course, you still have uh, some of the licenses like uh, the, the model kits from Flame Toys and Super 7 doing their three and three quarter inch figures. And of course, 2020 also really did have some great stuff with Hasbro Pulse and Fan First Friday, uh, where we all kind of got to experience what... Um, I got to say, I've been lucky enough to experience as part of the fan media, as they like to call us. You know, it was the first year we had Toy Fair as a webcast, and you got to see the presentation that, that we only got to see in New York, uh, followed by, you know, of course, our live tweeting and all that fun stuff from the showroom, which won't happen this year because of COVID, and that's kind of a bummer. But, you know, bringing that to the fans, then it also gives us a chance to see how that works uh, with these fan first Fridays and, and Hasbro being able to trickle out their reveals uh, as the year goes on. 
And it's going to be interesting to see that continue into 2021. So what does 2021 have to offer for us as fans? Well, of course, there's the Kingdom line, uh, which is fantastic. Uh, having had a chance to uh, pick up those toys, actually, I must say Hasbro was nice enough to send those to me, the first wave. And uh, they're so much fun. And as a fan of Beast Wars, I love it. Uh, I love seeing updates to these characters. I love that we're getting Dinobot in Wave 2. I love that we're getting Huffer in Wave 2. I think that Huffer figure is going to be a lot of fun. And of course, then we'll get a sideline of this in Netflix with some additional colorings and who knows, new characters or maybe some old faces uh, in, in repaint form. You know, there's been semi-rumors. I think they've been confirmed at this point that there's going to be Cyberverse Season 4, uh, which I am excited about. We see the toy line continuing with the de new deluxe figures that just kind of cropped up out of nowhere. Uh, no Build-A-Figure in that line yet. But the uh, fact that we're getting a Prowl and a Starscream and a Soundwave, hey, obvious eight, uh, just getting them out of the way <laughs> as a wave is also uh, very, very helpful. And it's also just very, very good uh, because that means that line is continuing. It's a way for Hasbro to keep those characters on the shelves without sliding them into the main line. We've also just heard that BotBots uh, Series 6 uh, should be coming in 2021. That is exciting as well. And again, we have some exclusive lines with Red and the Buzzworthy Bumblebee line over at Target, which doesn't seem to be entirely repacks. Uh, it's it's a weird, weird line. Uh, I need to delve a little deeper into that. I don't think the one, you know, the one that's standing out to me is like the Megatron with the helicopter is definitely a repack uh, to my eye. Uh, but the Bumblebee with the trash truck that uh, combines with him, these are Cyberverse figures, by the way. Um, the trash truck came with, with Grimlock. I don't remember it coming with Bumblebee. It's it's kind of like a new combination, and uh, I don't know if the coloring is... I know the coloring on the trash truck's different. I don't know if the coloring is different on Bumblebee from whatever release he got in that series, but I digress. We also still have Rescue Bots continuing on, and IDW Comics have continued on in 2021. I'm looking forward to the Beast Wars series that's coming out uh, later this year. I'm really enjoying... Um, I'm really enjoying where the main series is and where Escape is at the moment. Um, you know, to say that those two series are going to stay at this level of quality, I, I don't know. Uh, they, they tend to go back and forth uh, between having like one or two really good issues and then having a whole bunch of buildup that leads to one or two really good issues. But again, <laughs> fortunate enough, I don't have to shell out the money for them. If I was paying for them, I probably would not be happy. But again, it exists, right? We have three ongoing Transformers comics basically at any given time. You have, you know, the, the main series, the side series to the main series, and then usually some sort of limited series. And sometimes there's a fourth, sometimes the third one kind of swaps out with some sort of crossover series, like last year's Transformers Terminator series, which was really good. And this year's, you know, Transformers Back to the Future series, which was uh which is slating to be fun. We had Transformers My Little Pony crossover last year and one expected for this year. Uh, last year's, was, it was fun. I mean, I, I know nothing about uh, MLP, but I, I enjoyed the heck out of that series. And really, it comes down to having fun. I've been saying it this whole time. Right? It's a hobby. It's fun. It's an escape, especially with everything going on in the world today, especially if you live in the United States. 
another way to have fun, another way to be a part of this community. It's something I'm excited about because it drops in about a week, a couple more days, the end of uh, January is the fan run online conventions, particularly Iacon online. And you can catch Iacon online live on Saturday and Sunday, January 30th and 31st, respectively over on Twitch. So that is at uh, twitch.tv slash Iacon online. And the ceremonies, you know, they kick off at 1030 AM Eastern time and they run all the way through almost 10 PM uh, that night on Saturday and then on Sunday, things start at uh, 10.30 a.m. Eastern and wrap up again almost at 10 o'clock p.m. Uh, and so you're talking almost 24 full hours of content. So be sure to check out Iacon online. Uh, I am really excited for this convention. I've heard some news might drop during one of the panels. Uh, I can't get into specifics just yet, but I, I have... Uh, heard a few things here and there uh there's some great uh great conversations that are going to be had uh, a celebration of transformers the movie a conversation about uh beast wars uh there's a whole bunch of stuff with cosplay and a great artist alley over on discord and please do check it out because it's one of the reasons why 2021 is a great time to be a transformers fan uh search it out iacon online uh it it seems to be to me at least, uh, it seems like it's going to be a lot of fun. It seems like it's going to be two days of really fantastic Transformers-focused and Transformers fan-focused content. So if you're a fan of the brand, if you're a fan of just being a fan, check it out. Now, one more fan-funded thing that happened in 2019 that is finally coming, or 2018, right in 2018, is finally coming to pass in 2021, next month, really, is that the HasLab Unicron is going to ship. People are going to start receiving what is the most expensive retail transformer in history. I cannot wait. Um, I have one. I have my shelving uh, kind of spaced out for it. Actually, we'll get into shelving <laughs> in a little bit. But... Uh, uh, this thing is going to be, when in planet mode, it's going to be 23 inches in diameter, so you better have a big shelf. Detolves will not work, and we'll talk about that a little bit as well. But that's going to be awesome. Just even if you didn't get one, if you didn't get in on it, just think about all the ridiculous photos you're going to see on social media, on, on the Facebook, and on the Instagram, and on Twitter. I know I'm going to take ridiculous photos with it. Uh, and I hope if you ordered one, you do too. And maybe we'll start something up, some sort of hashtag ridiculous Unicron. Uh, um, I don't know. Let's, let's think this through. If you got an idea for a, uh, a hashtag for your silly Unicron photos, uh, shoot them at me on Twitter at TFU underscore info, and we'll plan something out. Maybe we'll do something fun there. Now, finally, we're talking about a little bit about collaboration in Transformers. You know, we've talked about Iacon Online, a great collaboration of Transformers fans. We've talked about these crossover books and the collaborative figures from last year. And that's continuing into 2021 with that that X-Men animated series crossover figure. And it's something I think I want to put a spotlight on for 2021. Now look, 
as as someone who was born in the late seventies and grew up in in you know the eighties and was a teenager in the nineties, <laughs> um, I'm starting to notice that there is a pivot here. There is a pivot from early eighties nostalgia, right? Your your Stranger Things, your uh, obviously your Transformers and direct uh, nostalgia like Transformers or or even GI Joe classified right now and um, you know, Masters of the Universe, Voltron, Thundercats, uh, you know, the things that have made a couple of comebacks already or have attempted to, uh, to varying degrees of success, by the way, I finished Netflix Voltron and my goodness, is that a great series? Uh, if you have not watched it, it's eight seasons and it doesn't matter. Watch one episode a day. It is so much fun. I know I've raved about it on here before. I'm going to rave about it again. Uh, the ending was really well-crafted, and uh, there's a great little Easter egg uh, in the final scenes, in the credits. Uh, I won't I won't give it away, but if, you, um, if you're a fan of, of Pidge and Pidge's family, uh, there's a great, great little Easter egg there. But I see a pivot right now. Pivot! From early and mid-'80s nostalgia to late 80s and early 90s nostalgia. And it's not just nerdery. It's not just nerdery. Look look at just broadcast television or, you know, things related to broadcast television the last few years, right? We had a Full House reboot. There was a Roseanne reboot, right? That's still on the Connors, right? We had Fuller House, right? I think that's still on. I've never watched it, but don't at me. I'm pretty sure it's on. Uh <laughs> Right, there was the Fresh Prince reunion uh, earlier this year. Murphy Brown made a comeback for a season. There is certainly an appetite and a desire to revisit late 80s, early 90s series. And you can even see it in toys and in films now, right? Uh, One Up Gaming, oh man, is there bread and butter in those early 90s arcade games? You know, the, the Ninja Turtles and the uh, NBA Jam arcade units like those are like the centerpieces of of early and street fighter 2 also right i mean they they hit the nail on the head with with the right kind of nostalgia there and even that bleeds into say like NECA's tmnt line which uh from everything i've heard is uh doing very well and uh very hard to find (laughs) and and also very good. We had the success last year of Bill and Ted 3, which is a great movie franchise. Um, and I have not seen number three. I plan on it. But even that, like even in the middle of the pandemic, like that was a movie that got made beforehand and got released and is skewed towards that late 80s, early 90s audience. When I was at Toy Fair last year, I saw Micro Machines making their comeback. You can find those in your local Walmart and even that, that does just says, you know, early 90s. And you think, okay, well, how does that affect Hasbro brands? Well, think of the G.I. Joe classified line right now. I mean, it's doing well. And the character selection kind of varies. But think about it. They went with a 90s version of Storm Shadow before doing the main Storm Shadow. And yes, it was an Amazon exclusive. But that character choice alone signals to me that you you can't have a brand just stick to early 80s. You have to spread it out, especially now, because as everyone ages, if you're lucky enough to keep aging, right, 
then you're going to age into this group that wants this bit of nostalgia. And some people are going to age out of this group that's interested in nostalgia. So it's kind of like the range finder in, uh, on The Price is Right, right? If you ever watched The Price is Right, there's a game called The Range Finder. And you, it's just a, it's a bar that moves up the side of the, the board and you pick where it lands. And if the prize value is in that range, uh, you win the prize. And by the way, it's always between the G and the E every time. But using that range finder approach, that's kind of how nostalgia works, right? So we see Hasbro moving towards the 90s with some of their character selection in G.I. Joe Classified. We see them moving, making a big move towards 90s nostalgia by purchasing Power Rangers. That That's huge. And you then think about it. They moved John Warden, who successfully designed um, toys for the Transformers brand. And I know a lot of people think the whole thing is his workings, but it's him and Ben Montano working together. Uh, having interviewed them enough, Ben's kind of, uh, Ben is the marketing guy. In fact, he is still the marketing guy for Transformers and the marketing guy for for uh, G.I. Joe, and he's kind of been elevated to this higher level that the marketing folks that we meet on these Fan First Friday calls seem to roll up to him, if that was my guess, uh, having worked in you know corporate world before. But John was the design guy, right? John... Uh, working with Ben would help one pick out the, the the characters and the play patterns and 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 design the toys so that they uh, brought new life to kind of like an old system. Well, why do you think they put him on Power Rangers? Right? He he successfully breathed this life of nostalgia into Transformers, uh, even though it was probably already there to some extent. But right, it was very successful under him. So why wouldn't you move him over? to Power Rangers and try to recapture that same success as that age group shifts into that nostalgia range. You know, we also see in Hasbro's other lines, in Marvel and in Star Wars, I mean, Black Series is starting to focus on episodes one through three. Uh, I saw Jar Jar Binks Black Series figure the other day in the store. Um, You know, Marvel's doing their Toy Biz retro figures that they've been doing for the last couple of years. You know, this is very much... Uh, a pivot Pivot! towards 90s nostalgia you know and i'm looking at my list here of other things i've seen um or heard about you know i heard an interview on uh transmissions podcast uh, my friends over there they they talked with simon Furman, a famous transformers writer currently writes the transformers earth wars game another great thing that continues into 2021 and he mentioned he's writing a battletoads video game um if that doesn't scream uh, 90s cash in nostalgia, I don't know what does, right? And and then even a little further down the line, I've heard uh, recently rumors of Batman the Animated Series maybe getting new episodes. That would be pretty cool. And then I just finally saw the Bloodshot movie that came out last year. And anytime you know Valiant Comics makes their way into something a little bit more mainstream as a fan of Valiant Comics, that's huge. But that is very much a 90s brand. Now, why am I discussing this? Why are we on this trip? Well, we have to think a little bit about Kingdom because Beast Wars, right, is mid-90s. It's a bold jump forward for Hasbro because it might be overshooting the mark a little bit, but it seems to be where their focus is for the next few years. Not just in Kingdom, right? There's that rumored Beast Wars script. There's the IDW comic that's going to be Beast Wars focused. There's Cheetor in the red line. Uh, we've made Cheetor kind of a part of Cyberverse. Uh, you know, there's there's definitely focus into that Beast Wars era. 
and hopefully this continues into 2022 and 2023. I mean, for me, as 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 maybe you know, I'm a Beast Wars fan, but it's probably my favorite Transformers series. I really do hope that this is handled in a way where where we see Beast Wars as a continuing part of the Transformers brand and not just something they do every five years or every ten years. And that maybe they they've realized that this this is really a very very important part of Transformers lore. Now remember, last time I did this. <laughs> Last time I did this, it's a good year to be a Transformers fan episode. I did mention an article written by Patton Oswalt. Uh, you may know him from The King of Queens as the voice of the main character in Ratatouille. He's an actor. He's a comedian. He's also a huge nerd. And he wrote this article uh, and it's called something like remember uh, it's called something like uh, wake up geek culture it's time to die or something something along those lines but he proposed this concept it's called edewaf e t e w a f and it's something we always need to remember every year when we get into nostalgia and that is everything that ever was available forever and that's one of those things that um i would say it's becoming more and more true. Uh, sometimes it's bad. Sometimes it's good. Uh, you know, sometimes I just want something that doesn't have this established lore and history behind it. But that's not the world we live in right now. So in this world we live in right now, it, it exists. And so, of course, everything that ever was available forever means that eventually we shift from 80s into 90s. So there is going to be some 90s nostalgia. Now, look, don't go grabbing your Urkel O's just yet. I don't know how deep into the 90s nostalgia they're going to dive uh, over the next few years, but it's going to be fun to watch. So just watch it with that kind of eye. All right, now finally, let's talk one last thing. I know I mentioned detolfs and shelving. If you haven't heard, I know I've mentioned this elsewhere, uh, but if it's your first time, then uh, maybe you haven't heard that I have recently moved. I moved from uh, Long Island, New York, all the way down to sunny Orlando, Florida. But one of the advantages of moving is I got to finally get my entire collection all in one place. I have a new house with a nice dedicated office space uh, that is going to be my collection room, uh, which I haven't had since I lived alone. And I am really excited. I've got some of my old shelving back up. Now, I am not a fan of detolfs. Uh, I, I think they serve a purpose. Uh, they just don't serve my purposes. Uh, I like to have a lot of my stuff displayed. I like to display as much stuff as possible uh, sometimes. And I like shelves that are deep and plentiful. <laughs> um, and detolfs, I think, are uh, 13 inches or 17 inches. They're, they're not enough for me. I do like IKEA shelving, though. I think uh, for the money and for... Um, the ability, the flexibility with some of it, you can really, really do some fun stuff. Now, the units I have uh, from my old apartment is uh, one that is discontinued. It's called the Nicholas. Uh, if you've ever watched an episode of Friends, it is the bookshelf that is in Ross Geller's apartment throughout the entire run of the series. In fact, I think there's like a season one episode where the story is about them building this bookshelf. Uh, and the only reason I know that is that... Uh, during quarantine, my wife and I watched a lot of uh, Friends reruns on TBS, and 
I noticed it in the background. I was like, that's my shelving unit. And I don't know what it's called. I have a, a bigger version of it, but I looked it up. It's called Nicholas, N-I-K-L-A-S. Uh, apparently, uh, people who have them like myself love them. And I understand why. So I've got those up, but the main shelves in the center are 23 inches deep. I am so excited. That's why one of these is going to be Unicron. Uh, and I don't know what I'm going to put around him yet. I haven't decided. Uh, maybe we do Quintessons. Maybe we do uh, movie characters. But we'll uh, maybe we just rotate it every so often. But that's one set of shelving that uh, I am about to populate. I got 23 shelves ready to go and be populated. And that's going to happen soon. I think I'm going to work that into the YouTube channel. Would that be something that interests you? Hit me up on social media, on Twitter particularly, at TFU underscore info. Let me know or comment here. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, comment below and, and just tell me if that's something you would watch because uh, I would like to do more video. And I think that's one way to do it is kind of go through uh, these bins of my collection and as I'm putting them out and kind of just uh, you know, sit and chat with you for a little bit as we're putting the collection back up. Now, the other thing I'm planning on doing, I have another set of, of Ikea shelves and I have to just clean them up a little bit. I don't mean like they're dirty. They're just raw wood. And I think they need a little bit of staining. So I am going to do a little bit of customization and maybe make a video of that too and then tell you all about that uh, because these are still available at Ikea. I'm going to talk all about that, I think, on uh, a future episode of TFU News and Views. So once again, it is 2021. Welcome to the future. Uh, and if you're listening to this a year from now, uh, welcome to the past. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, the world begins to improve and things start to get a little back to normal over the course of the next 12 months. In the meantime, uh, please enjoy this podcast and check out Transformers University. We're approaching episode 100 there. I got something special in store for episode 100. And if you'd like to help out the show, I'm going to play a little something here to tell you a bit more. Hey, want to help out this podcast or the website tfu.info? There's a number of ways you can do it. Let me tell you how. You can help us directly by joining our Patreon and enrolling as a student at Transformers University. There, you'll get early access to the podcast as well as exclusive behind-the-scenes peaks and perks for as little as $1 a month. Sign up is quick and easy. Just swing on by to www.patreon.com slash tfuinfo. Another way you can help us is by using our Amazon link, www.tfu.info slash Amazon. Type that into your browser whenever you want to shop at Amazon and a portion of what you spend will be contributed back to us. It's that easy. Finally, you don't become the world's longest running transforming toy archive without some help from other fans. We're always on the hunt for photos of figures and accessories we're missing from our pages. If you'd like to contribute, go to tfu.info slash help for a list of what we need or send an email to info at tfu.info. tfu.info, the alpha trion and omega prime of transforming toys. Now, back to the show. And that'll wrap things up. Hope you enjoyed this episode of TFU News and Views. Once again, if you want to hit me up on Twitter at tfu underscore info, I am your host, Anthony Brucali, owner, operator, madman, tfu.info. Until next time, 2021 is a great year to be a Transformers fan. See ya.
to learn a bit about the Transformers? Think you know everything about Cybertron, but are looking to learn a little bit more? Enroll today at Transformers University Podcast. Each episode will tackle a piece of Transformers history, starting in 1984 and marching our way up to today. Hosted by me, Anthony Brucalli, three-time Emmy Award winner and consulting producer on Netflix's The Toys That Made Us, and lifelong Transformers fan, we'll go on a journey through cartoons and comics, toys and movies, and all the weird esoterica from around the world, chronicling the adventures of everyone's favorite, Robots in Disguise. Listen to Transformers University on iTunes, Google, Spotify, YouTube, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Transform and roll out!